Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, five years ago here at our church, I started something called the state of the church. You know, if you've been here at our church, you've probably heard me do this, but the state of the church uh, is a time where we're actually able to look back over the year before, 2019, and we thank God for all he did in that year. And then we look into 2020, and it's a time for me to encourage you, but also to give you some vision of where we're going this year. It's, it's pretty much kind of like the state of the union address that the president gives where he talks about what happened in the year before and hopefully encourages us as we look forward into this next year. And y'all, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about what God's doing here and he's continually building at renewal. Uh, God is up to something. He's up to something in this church. Y'all just turn to your neighbor. Go ahead, black church exercise. Y'all gonna get this down. Say, God is up to something. Turn the other way and say, God is up to something. All my introverts are like, come on, Pastor D. Come on, Pastor D. God is up to something. God is up to something in this church, and he's up to something in your life personally. And I can't wait to see what he does in and through this year in this church and in your life. Amen? Amen. And for those of you that may be new, you may be old, you've been here before, you're like, well, why are we doing this? I'm going to remind you, all throughout Scripture, you see people giving reports about what's happening in the church. You see this happening just about every Pauline epistle where Paul is writing to these churches, and he much of the time, or most of the time, encourages them about what's happening in other churches for them to keep on going. You see this in Jesus' ministry. You see when he sends the disciples out, they give reports back. You see this in, in missionaries and church planners when they're sent out in the book of Acts. They're always sending reports back. And see, family, these reports are what encourage us or keep us going. It's, as believers, one that believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. These are the reports that encourage me and us to keep living our lives for Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but I, I really, I love reading newsletters from missionaries. I love reading newsletters from other church plants that are in other places in the world, other cities that are not here in Chicago, because I can look and say, man, God is doing something in another place where I'm not at, which means that he's working other places. And for me, that encourages me to say, yeah, the gospel's going forward and it keeps me doing and being faithful where I am right here, not only in my life personally, but also as the church. It keeps me faithful here in Chicago. And it's not, it's not arrogant to share about what God is doing. I mean, sometimes we, we don't want to talk about the fruit that we see in our lives. We don't want to talk about the fruit that God is doing in and through us, but it's not an arrogant thing. It's uplifting. It's uplifting to hear about lives being changed. It's uplifting to hear about how God is using you and how he's working through you. And I'm not sure about you, but it's always a special time when I get to just take a second and I look back over my life and I'm like, I'm looking at all that God has done. It's it's always a special time to just stop. Because as I said last week, many times in our life, we don't stop. We just keep going and going on to the next thing, on to the next pursuit, on to the next thing that we believe is going to make us successful because it's about us. And here's the problem with that. When things don't go the way we think they're supposed to go, when they don't line up the way we want them to line up, we're, 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 we're quick to point the finger at, you know who else? God. God, why did you allow me to get to this place? God, why? How did I get this far off track? 
Why, God? But if we just took a second to slow down and just reflect it on the goodness of God in our lives, you know what we would see? We see his goodness. We see his hands all over our lives. We'd see the footprints of God carrying us through those hard times in our life where we didn't think we were going to make it, but he was walking with us. We would see the goodness of God in our life. Have you ever just stopped and just said, thank you? Thank you, Jesus. We move too quickly. So family, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just stop. We're going to reflect and we're going to say thank you to God for all he's doing in and through this church. And with that, I'm not going to so much preach a sermon. That, that, that's probably as much sermon y'all going to get this morning. We're not going to preach a sermon so much, but I'm going to walk through all the good things and things that God has done in our midst. And I'm going to give you some vision. I'm going to give you some vision. And my hope is to encourage you as we enter 2020, this new decade as a church. So that means as I'm talking through this, as I'm preaching through this today, there should be a whole bunch of amen and, and clapping, okay? Amen. Some of y'all be staring at me like, I'm like, you in pain or something? Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, it's, it's hard to, to preach to stale faces. So y'all can amen, y'all can talk to me, okay? I'm a black preacher, even though this is a multi-ethnic space. I, it's good when y'all talk to me, okay? Acknowledge that Jesus is working, amen? amen. There we go, y'all got it. Let's keep going, let's go, let's go. Family, the Lord is up to something in our church and he's been moving all through this church and in our midst. Hear me, at Renewal, we desire to be a church that's centered on the gospel while passionately seeking the welfare of the city. We desire to be a church, and I've said this to you before, what this means is that we desire to be a church that's for the city, not just in the city. That means that if some reason God just moved us from the city of Chicago, said you should not be here anymore, the city would miss us because we love the city so much. We did good work in the city. People got to meet Jesus, but they also got to see us seeking the welfare, seeking the good of the city, so they would miss us. Now, this vision that we have, it rests on three different pillars, as I like to call them, that are rhythmic in and endemic in all believers' lives. We want to renew, we want to rebuild, and we want to release people through the work of Jesus Christ to see this city impacted, but also the world. We see all this through scripture. You read the scripture, you see Jesus doing this with his disciples. You see him renewing their hearts. You see him rebuilding them through discipleship while they're with him. And then you see him lastly release them to do the work that he started in them before he ascends to heaven. As a matter of fact, it's these disciples and their faithfulness, it's the, they're, they're the reason we can sit here today and talk about Jesus. It's because they kept going, these 12 men, they went out and took the truth of Jesus Christ everywhere and they turned the world upside down for Jesus. Now hear me friends, if this was Jesus's mission, if this is what he stood for and we want to first be known as a Christ-centered church, then that means that we don't need to reinvent the wheel, the only thing we need to do is follow Jesus. We need to follow Jesus. It's not necessarily some creative thing we got to put together or some scheme, we need to follow Jesus's Example. So this is what I want to do. I want to begin with talking about that first pillar, re renewing hearts by the power of the gospel. See, the gospel is simply the good news of what Jesus did on the cross for all mankind. In John 3, 16, it tells us this. Some of y'all got it probably tatted on your body. It says this. <laughs> it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel. Y'all have heard me rap it before. God loved, God gave. We believe, we live forever. Y'all remember that? And some of y'all are like, I'm brand new, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> God loved, God gave, we believe, we live forever. That's the easy way of remembering the gospel. That's what it is. It's what he did on our behalf. Now we believe in that. He draws us. We believe by faith. And then we live forever with him in eternity, forever and ever. See, this pillar has rang out in our, in our church practically in many different ways. One of the ways that this happens in our church, and we stand firm on this, is that every time we stand up here and preach, whether it's me or somebody else, you're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. You're going to hear a message about Jesus. You're going to hear about what he did on the cross for you when he died and was buried and rose three days later. You're going to hear the message of what Jesus did. And the reason being is because it doesn't matter how eloquent my speech is, how how big of words I use. It doesn't matter how I draw you with what I wear or anything like that. I, I don't, maybe I'm not even that fresh. You never know. But, but it, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters and what's going to change hearts is what Jesus is doing in your heart. It's by the power of Jesus that lives will be changed. Family, folks are hearing the gospel in our church every week. And the good news is it's starting to trickle into everything that we do. Here's just a few ways. Listen to this. We averaged last year around 220 to 250 souls in attendance every week, every Sunday in the past year. And that's inside of an urban metropolis, Chicago. Now, let me, let me, let me break that down a little bit for you. That's huge in the city of Chicago. People don't come to church in Chicago. It's arguably one of the hardest places to plant a church. Translation is that God is moving in our midst. God is working. But here's the kicker. Here's the thing that really blew me away. And I didn't really know this. I picked up some of our Connect cards, and between the months of June and December, somewhere around 700 people filled out Connect cards. That means in six months... At least 700 new people that we know of came through those doors and filled out Connect cards. And you might not see it every Sunday in this place, but I'm going to tell you the truth. When I'm standing up here and I'm looking out at you all, I notice it. Because I'm like, I don't know none of y'all. I know y'all, I, I know some of y'all, but I'm like, man, who, who are these folks? And it may change every week. Maybe a new crowd the next week. So I got to tell y'all to amen me every week because y'all forgot or y'all weren't here last week. <laughs> it changes. But the translate, what I'm really trying to get to is that God is doing something here. He's doing something here in our church. We had seven baptisms last year. Folks' lives are being changed. We had 30 new members that joined our church in the past year. Membership class is coming up in February, so if you're interested, it doesn't mean you're locked in, but make sure to sign up and be at that membership class. This is exciting. You all gave financially through tithes and offerings $476,856 last year. Wow. Yeah, y'all can clap. That's good. That's a good thing. Now, here, here's the great thing. That's $130,000 more than what you did the year before. Family, things like that don't happen in a church that's just over five years old. You are giving to this church. 
Now, what really encouraged me about this in the most is that in December, we started this thing called Engage Renewal. We started a fund here where we're, we're trying to further engagement in our church. We're trying to reach more people. We're trying to reach people as they come through those doors. We want to do more discipleship, more groups, and more ministry takes more money. And you all gave in December alone $30,000 more over our monthly need. $30,000, which means that in the year of 2019, we all gave $507,000 altogether. God is good. He's good. You got to praise him for that. With that said, I will tell you this, as we go into the next year, as people are coming in and ministry goes up, it costs goes up, expenses go up, you see on the back of your bulletin that our, our budget has raised this year. It's up to $600,000, which is $50,000 a month. So family, I want to encourage you to keep giving, keep joining in with us, keep seeing God do a work in and through this ministry because it's by you doing that, giving up your time, talent, and treasure that this church continues to go forth. And the thing that really encouraged me is as your pastor is that I'm seeing that the gospel is not just affecting us on a Sunday morning or in our groups, but it's also affecting what we give. We see Jesus doing a work in us and say, I want to give, I want to see that ministry go forth. I want to see God continue to do things. And friends, money and what we do with it, I know this is one of the things we, we are more reluctant to give. We'll give our time, we'll give some other things, but I'm like, that's my money. I worked for it. I don't want to give it. But what we do with and how we steward it is important to God. And if we want to see the kingdom and the gospel of Jesus go forth and impact others as it impacted us, it's going to take us continually giving. So keep joining in with us. If you're not giving, as I said this morning, try today. If you've never done that before, or if, you, if you're like, I, I don't know, just try. If you've done that, then go ahead and as the Bible talks about first fruits, it talks about giving a tithe, which is a tenth of your household income. Giving first fruits to God. He gives us all, we give back to see this ministry go forth. If you're doing that, then praise Jesus and be a cheerful giver and give more beyond that. Give an offering to other things. Give, give, give to ministry. Allow God to use you for his glory. Some of us have just the gift of giving. Some of us have been blessed in that way too. But wherever you are, give as God has been given to you. Let's give more than we did last year. I tell y'all every year, let's beat the budget. The more we beat the budget, the more ministry we're able to do. The more we're able to give away. Family, it brings joy to my heart to know that God is doing something in our midst here and that lives are being changed in our church. I love hearing stories about how people's lives have been impacted and testimonies. Listen to this one by Marley. She says this, in my time at Renewal, I've been welcomed into such a great community of believers who are seriously pursuing God's kingdom in Chicago. Having a place to call home on Sunday and grow deeper in my faith has been such a blessing in my walk with Christ and also the lives of people I interact in my everyday life. Translation, Jesus is moving in our church. Here's another one from my boy Danny. He says this, he says, not only is Renewal Church such a loving and accepting community, of me, but I've grown so much in my faith since I've been going. And it, encourage, it urges me to live the Christian faith holy in my life every day. Never in my life, this is awesome, have I been excited to go to church until I became a part of renewal. Wow. Look at that. Family, Jesus is moving in our church. And as I always say, I'm going to say it to you again, this is just the beginning. 
It's not the end. This is just the beginning of what God is doing here at Renewal. The second pillar is in our church is rebuilding lives through discipleship. Hear me, this is key in everything we do as a church. Discipleship is the process by which we as believers, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, this is where we grow in our walks with Christ and, and we give our lives away. I like to say it's, it's to reproduce, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. Y'all try to do that real fast, it's kind of hard. We want to reproduce, reproducing followers of Jesus Christ. That means that we want to pour our lives out onto people. If we're going to make disciples, that means that true disciples of Jesus, we don't stand on the sideline and look at problems or look at issues in society and say, well, somebody else will take care of it. No, we step into it. We pour our lives out and we make disciples. That's what true disciples of Jesus Christ do. Discipleship plays itself out in our church out in many different ways. This is a discipleship moment, me preaching to you guys, me sharing the word with you. But it's also a discipleship moment when we're sitting in our groups throughout the week, where we're breaking down what's happening on Sunday morning or what's happening in our lives. Discipleship happens in many different ways. It, it happens one-on-one, life-on-life. It's you living your life out in front of other people. Jesus calls us to make disciples in Matthew 28 says this all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you to the end of the age friends hear me this is not an option it's a command it's a command to share your life it's a command to make disciples. This is Jesus' last commandment. This is his last command. It says, go make disciples. We want to preach the gospel here on Sunday mornings, but we also need to be challenged and encouraged to, from, from community outside of Sunday morning. How many of y'all know that Sunday's just one day of the week? Yeah. It's not a trick question. It's one day of the week. <laughs> Right? So that means we got to leave this place. We got to go face the world. We have to face our jobs. And we're not looking forward to it a lot of times. So we need people around us that believe the same things, that can walk with us, that can challenge us and encourage us to keep moving. Y'all, we need community. Amen. Family, the encouraging thing about this is that rebuilding lives through discipleship and community is continually taking place in our church. Here's just a short list of how. This week, our groups will start back up. This is our way of discipleship. Last year, we had over 100 of you all involved in eight different groups in different neighborhoods around this city. Now, I got one who, but here's the reality. It's hard to get people to church on Sunday in Chicago. You got brunch, you got sports, but not only are you guys coming. For real, those are real things. Some of y'all are hungry right now. And see, the reality is that some people are like, I'll, I'll go to church maybe next week. They, it's, not, it's a checklist item. And so it's hard enough to get you here, but it's over 100 of you guys that are involved in groups throughout the week. So that means that you're taking it to another level. You're actually living this thing out a little bit more practically than I'm just going to show up on Sunday morning. You're involved in community. It takes that. And my prayer, hear me, is that all of us will get involved in some sort of small group outside of church. We're going to start this up. I want us all to sign up. 
And if it's not one in your area, sign up. We'll get one out there. I promise. We're raising up new leaders all the time. And we want to see people living community, living in community and being discipled where you are. We want to reach those communities because through those groups, that's where we do our outreach. Those groups are doing local outreach in their neighborhood. That's where they're breaking down the word because it's sermon-based. So whatever you hear on Sunday morning, you're talking about it practically through the week in your groups. So they're doing that with one another. They're praying together. They're fellowshipping together hanging out you want to get involved in this we need this in our life so if you never signed up for a group i'm challenging you to sign up today online sign up for a group other ways we engage or encourage community here at our church is through renewal summer how many of you guys have been a part of renewal summer at, at any point at the church so y'all y'all ready if you haven't been here in renewal summer y'all get ready for this renewal summer is is an awesome time of the year where our groups there's no groups during the year during the summertime so what they do is they host an event in a different part of chicago really to highlight what's happening in the neighborhood and we eat together but what it does for us as a church it doesn't take away from what's happening in chicago in summer because it's a fun place but it encourages community and it teaches us to love the city because some of these places y'all never been before and so you get to see the beauty of Chicago with your church family. Some of you all, that was your first time coming to Renewal, and now you're members here. So we look out for Renewal Summer. That's community. That's discipleship. That's us fellowshipping with one another. Many of you guys were involved in our men's and women's time last year. Look out. It's coming up soon. It'll be up on the website soon. That'll be here soon. We had our first annual marriage retreat last year, which a lot of you all participated in that. We're very passionate about seeing the covenant of marriage and, and God working in and through our church. It's Satan's attacking marriages. I will say, let me say that again. He's attacking marriages, this covenant that exemplifies and shows God's love for the, for the church. That's what we get to see right here. Is there any wonder that it's ending in more than 50% divorce? Satan doesn't want to see that happen. He doesn't want to see the love of God exemplified in marriage. That, 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 that's not there. So what we want to do is we want to teach us, teach everyone. We want to teach our church about what it means to live in covenant with, with, with your partner. What does that look like to live as a man and, and a woman together as God has designed us to show off his glory? That's the first ministry. So we're going to have another one of those this year. Look out for that here coming up. Several of you all walked through Financial Peace University. That's coming up. You're learning about what it looks like to, to steward your finances well. What does it look like to budget? What does it mean to really save instead of just having a savings account or 401k or IRA or Roth IRA? What are those things? So we sat in there and we walked through that. And a lot of you already told me you're debt free. Praise Jesus. Jordan Carroll, I, I got to give it up to my man. He took a class. He, he probably hates me doing this, but he took a class, did all this, and he taught that class last year. He's going to be doing it again, so you guys look up. In the next few weeks, I think Financial Peace will be starting here at our church, so if you want more information, please email or talk to him after service. It's going to be an awesome time again. We want you to know what it means to steward your money well, not just giving, but what does it mean to steward and budget and make sure you're living in a way that's glorifying to God. We had roundtable discussions last year where we talked about immigration and social injustice, where what we really wanted to do is just give you a space where you're able to navigate and ask questions about these things that you're, you're, having to, you're getting bombarded by in society. When you walk through society, these are things that you're having to deal with. Immigration, what do I believe? Uh, uh, social injustice, what, 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 what's, how do I step into that as Christians? 
The men, they, they're playing ball on Sundays here at our church every week. And y'all, don't, don't worry. I'm going to lace it up soon. Y'all can still get this work. I promise. It's coming to a court near you. We're going to be there. But all jokes aside, I will say this. I, I say this because the camaraderie that takes place again uh, with the men in this church, y'all, is something to celebrate. I, I, I don't think there's enough men in society, period, living for Jesus living the way he's called us, servant leaders, what does that actually mean? Some of us don't even know. We've never seen that before in our lives. So, so with that in society, it's even less of us coming to church. They're always outnumbered in church. So when I see men fellowshipping, when I see them hanging out together, even if it's just ball together, fellowshipping, I, I champion that. I celebrate that. And I'm thankful for that. I want to see God working through. And women, I'm with y'all too. Sip and savers coming up, okay? When men, women get together, it's a beautiful thing too. But I, I, it's just something about I, and men actually hanging out. Because they don't do it enough. They don't come to church. And so I'm glad to see that in our church. Our kids ministry under Alex Hubbard has been thriving. And now we have a new kids ministry director, Lauren Harbison. I don't think she's in here. She's probably running around with kids. So I would tell y'all to clap. But y'all can clap for it too. Kids ministry is awesome. And, and our kids' ministry, I will say this, it's still a place where kids come every week. They have a great time. They're fellowshipping with one another. They're shepherding, shepherded. They're getting taught. Um, friendships are flourishing. They love it. As a matter of fact, my wife and I, we just got back from Miami and from a pastoral retreat about three weeks ago. And we walk in the house, and I get to see my kids. And the first thing they say to me, they, I'm like, they don't say, hey, daddy, how you doing? We love you. It's good to see you. They say, daddy, we didn't go to church today, and we didn't get to see our friends. I'm like, I love you too. Bump you. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a reality. They, they love coming to church. They love getting to be with their friends. They love getting to hang out with them. And they tell me all about what they're learning. We average between 30 to 40 kids on any given Sunday here at our church. We dedicated three babies last year. And by the looks of it, y'all, we, we, we make babies here at church. We're probably going to have more this year. I mean, some of y'all trying to catch up with me. Just, some of y'all don't know I have five kids. Um, some of you may not know this, but one of the things I love about our kids' ministry is that they came up with this idea a few years ago where we do a parents' night out every quarter. Parents' night out is exactly what it sounds like. It's our gift to parents, whether you're single or you're, you're married, when you need to go on a date, because a lot of marriages do not go out on a date. This is our, our gift to you. We want you to get time. And the good thing about it is that our kids get to hang out with their friends. We set up games. They get pizza, all this stuff for three hours. So y'all get to go away and drop them off for three hours, and that's our kids' ministry's gift to you. Take advantage of it, Okay? You ain't that, we busy, but come on, three hours, plan it out, get you a date, get some time away, be on the lookout, that's coming up soon. And the last thing about our kids, um, I want us to just thank all of those that have volunteered in our kids' ministry. Can we just put our hands together for those folks? At Renewal, we haven't gone to Sunday without volunteers in our kids' ministry. There's at least 30 of you guys that volunteer and serve in our kids' ministry consistently, and we're, we need more. Kids continually come. We need more to volunteer there. So if you're interested, I want you to jump in or talk to Lauren after church, especially if you're a parent or a member here. We ask that you at least serve once a quarter in the kids' ministry. They need to see our parents in there. And I know, don't say... This is not your ministry, okay? Here's the reality. This is every one of our ministry in here. 
because regardless of we, what we think about it, those kids will be the next generation of leaders. And who better to pour into them than the church? So if you're not volunteering and you're, you're even thinking about it, jump in. We'd love to have you be a part of the kids' ministry here and serving there. Three years ago, we started a young adults ministry here. We noticed we had a lot of 20s and 30s coming into our church. And we said, look, we want to start something where they can just fellowship outside of Sunday too. So we started uh, once a month or twice a month gathering where they can be equipped and fellowship with one another. Average attendance at these events were 40 to 50 people, whereas people from our church and even bringing their friends in. Morgan says this about being a part of young adults here at Renewal. She says, being a part of Renewal Young Adults has been great. It has been fun getting to know new faces and connect with people at church and through various events. I'm thankful to get to know more people and build relationships with other people my age. Tony and, De- Tony and his wife, Jenny, they're, they're the leaders of that young adult ministry. They're sitting right here in the front row. Um, if you're interested in knowing more about that, see them after service. Our residency program here at the church is continually thriving. Christina Ricard and as well as uh, my man, Stephen Sixtos, they're a part of that. Christina works with our kids' ministry as well as the college students. And Stephen just about sets up everything you see as well as helps coordinate our groups. Now, some of you may be wondering, what in the world is a residency program at the church? It's exactly when, when you think of the word residency, it's the same thing. It's modeled after a medical residency where we say we want to bring people that are involved or interested in ministry under our wing. It's usually coupled with seminary where they can get their master's degree too. And they serve in this church. They serve under me. They meet with me. They meet with people on our staff. They're mentor. They're disciple. It's a place for them to, to get their hands dirty and fail a bit as, all, as well as succeed and think about ideas, all of that. Because here's the reality. How many of y'all want to go to a doctor that has never served under someone else before? They didn't go to school, but they're a doctor. How, come ahead. Tell me. They never worked on a dead body before they did surgery on you. How many of y'all want to go to that doctor? Not me. It's not, it's not, I don't want that. You need to go work on somebody else before you work on me. I don't want that in my life. And it's the same thing here. We want pastors, we want ministers, we want people that are interested in ministry that have been able to be trained a bit. They've got their hands dirty a little bit. And for us, we want to set them up for a thriving ministry for not just the first five years of figuring it out and then burning out. We want to see them go 30 and 40 and 50 years glorifying God with what he's doing in their life. That's discipleship. See, we don't want to just tell you about discipleship, but we also want to model it in our staff too. Now, there's many more things that I can talk about dealing with discipleship, but the simple root and simple thing I want you to go with today is that the gospel is taking root in our hearts and it's not just stopping there, but we're pouring our lives out on other people and lives are being changed. The last of these three pillars is releasing people for city impact, and we could say the world. Because our desire here at Renewal is that anybody who steps foot into this congregation, anybody that comes in that door, we want you to have a gospel experience so rich. We want you to hear about Jesus. We want you to learn about what he did in your life, an experience that's so rich. No matter if you just step outside of these doors or you go across the world to China, we want you to be able to take the gospel with you. We want you to be able to share Jesus with whoever and anybody, no matter where you are. So what we see biblically is that we see hearts are renewed by the gospel. Then we see people rebuilt through discipleship. And lastly, people are released. 
That's the last of our three pillars, releasing people for city impact. After Jesus shares his life with the disciples, the last thing he does is he releases them. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The disciples were left to do the work of the ministry that Jesus had already started in doing with them. He said, go do the same thing I've done with you. In essence, disciples make other disciples, other mature followers of Jesus Christ. It's not just my preaching. It's all of us going out and sharing our life with other people. That's how discipleship happens. That's how the world changes. Hear me. That's how this city changes. By all of us taking this truth the gospel out of those doors into the highways and the byways as other people like to say. And I'm encouraged by this because it's already happening in our church. Here, here's some ways. Partnering of breakthrough, homeless shelters here in our city, it continues to happen. Many of you serve food to those that are less fortunate, that are homeless, and for their Christmas drive, five years in a row, we've continually gave to them where now families are able to have Christmas in their homes. You guys are given to that. We participated in the hunger walk where some of y'all got up early on a, a Saturday morning with me. We walked, I think it was like two and a half, three miles together. We, we got out there and every one of you walked. That was, that was like $12 for someone who does not have a meal. And you've heard me say it again. I'm thankful for you guys doing that. But this is us being on mission. This is us being released. Many of you serve in their pantry and make sure that thing is filled up with food each Saturday. And many of you are volunteering with GRIP. Grip ministry for fatherless youth here. You're volunteering with them. You're being mentors to them. And people like Rakia or Andy, Terrence, Ali Kojak, Jay at our church, he serves on the board with them. You're in the schools. You're there with them throughout the week. You're at their, their slam night where you hang out with them all Monday night, eat Monday night, where they have a place where they can come play and they can learn about the Bible. And you've heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it again, but I'm thankful for ministries like this because you would never see Pastor D on this stage if, it didn't have, if I didn't have mentors and people around me pouring in to my life so I'm thankful for these ministries and if you've never gotten involved or you're not pouring your life out do so today you heard Deb Steiner come up here and she talked about what they're ha what's happening in Rahab's Corner she's helping lead pure, pure and faultless which reaches out to orphans and widows and, and, and women involved in self, sex, sex trafficking they're doing great work get involved with her talk with her afterwards and make sure to be next Sunday evening y'all want to be there our worship team, how many of y'all like to worship here at Renewal? Come on now. They work hard, and they got a lot more coming this year, so y'all for some surprises. But they released a song last year. If you haven't downloaded it, go online. It's on our website. You can download it. Praise Jesus in your car, okay? Come on now. Chris Tabron uh, and our media team, they've been doing a great job. They're killing it with our websites and our social media, videos, newsletter signage, et cetera, on down the line. We also have a YouTube channel. How many of y'all didn't, did y'all know we had a YouTube channel? We're videotaping, or not video, we're recording this sermon. Nobody got videotape anymore. We're recording this sermon every week. Every week. So if you miss it, you don't have no excuse, right? You can go watch it, you can go see it, you can listen to it on the podcast. Subscribe now. And the reason I'm talking about YouTube and media and social media and all of that, some of y'all are like, I don't do social media. Here's the reality. There's more people in engaging church in the social media world and, the, and on, online 
sometimes more than coming to church. So as much as we don't like it, it's an avenue for us to use to reach out to other people. So hear me, if you have an account on Instagram, you got an account on Facebook or Twitter or something like that, you ain't gonna hurt me if you pull out your phone and start recording something, okay? I'm gonna just think the best and say they're, they're, they're reaching somebody, okay? That's what they're doing, they're not, they're not actually surfing, they're, just, they're reaching somebody. Because that's the reality of where we live now. Is we can get the word out, then let's do it. Repost the sermon, repost the tweet, repost something. Get the word out there. Use those platforms to share Christ. Amen? All of us, uh, those that are involved in groups, I told you already, but we're doing outreach in our neighborhoods. Many of you are now figuring out what it means to make an impact on your job for Jesus spiritually. Also, one of the great things I love about being in this high school is that, as y'all notice, this this isn't a church. This is a school. And one of the great things of actually being in the school and partnering with them is that we actually can be for the school. So we're not just using their space, or at least we don't want to just use their space, but we want to see this place better because we are in this school. We've done many things like, like school drives, supplies, meals. We feed the teachers. We, we do stuff for their parent-teacher conferences, giving them treats and coffee. And we're mentoring students. We improve this, this place. We're doing projects in the school. And, and there's, many more, there's much more to come. Family, let's not just be in this school. Let's be for this school. And if you can't make it here, then pray for the students. Pray for the welfare of this school. We as a church, we gave over $35,000 away of our internal giving to church planting. That's huge. Thanks, Kim Kia, for clapping. $35,000 away to church planting last year. And then we gave $1,000 to a church in Nigeria. And here's why, because the Bible calls us to give of what we have sacrificially. So you may say, well, we're a young church, this and that. No, we want to model in, in our giving to us. We're asking you to give. We want to do that too. And here, statistically, church planting is one of the best ways to reach new people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. People see new work. They say they want to they, they come check it out. So we want to we, we continually give to church planting. So we've been doing that since day one. I also serve as the president of this organization called the Chicago Partnerships. I'm giving vision and leadership to this, where we're, we're partnering with churches like Park Church, Holy Trinity, Painted Door, the Brook Church, Progressive Baptist, and many others. And what we do is we, we start churches and we revitalize churches here in the city. As an organization, we have planted and started over 25 different churches. And we have 20 guys now being trained up for ministry, whether they're going to take over a church or revitalize or plant or start another church. They're being trained right now for ministry, y'all. That is us being released. I'm able to do that because you all give. We're part of that at the forefront of Chicago. Look at what God is doing. We're giving to Campus Outreach. I mentioned Tony and Jenny. They, they, they serve as the directors of that here in the city. They started it from scratch. I guess we just like starting stuff up. They started it from scratch here in Chicago, and they are on campuses like UIC. And where last fall, I want you to hear some of these stats. Over 125 UIC students were involved in Campus Outreach last year. 18 professions of faith last semester. Not last year, last semester. Yeah, that's awesome. 18. 
36 UIC students visited Renewal last year. 26 students came to College Sunday at Renewal. Around 65 to 75 students in total were attending Renewal last fall. Translation, God is moving in our students and he's moving on the campuses here in Chicago. That's awesome. Y'all look at what God is doing in and through our church. Can we just give him some praise this morning? There's many more things that I can mention this morning, but I just want to give you a glimpse of how the vision of Renewal Church is actually playing out and is being lived out in Chicago. And hear me, Renewal, I am not mentioning these things so we can clap and just pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, there's more work to be done, but family, this is just the beginning. And what we're doing is we're starting to understand how the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't just affect me in my own personal life or on Sunday morning, but it affects me to the point where I need to give my life away. It's not just about me. I know where I'm going. If I know Jesus, I need to give my life away to other people so they come in contact with this same Jesus we know. As we end, some things to look forward to. Next week, we're going to be starting a series called, uh, What Do I Believe? What Do I Believe? Where we're going, to, we're going to dive into some core doctrines of the Christian faith. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to wrestle through this a little bit, and I want y'all to wrestle with me together over some good, some hard, some freeing truths of the Christian faith. And I desire for us to church, as a church, here, here's why. I desire for us as a church to grow wide, meaning that people are continually coming in our church. They're coming in contact with what's happening here, multi-ethnic church that loves Jesus, all of that. But I also want us to grow deep. I want us to grow deep in what we know. I want you to know what you know and why you believe what you believe. So I want us to grow deep together spiritually so that, that there's this idea of going deep and wide. So that's what, you want to, that's what I want to see in the church. So we're going to start this next week. Y'all do not want to miss this series. I promise it's going to be awesome for you. We're going to have Q&A times doing it too. So be on the lookout for that. This is a safe place. If you're still trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing, you're in the right place. I'm glad that you're here. On February 23rd, you already have heard the announcement, but mark your calendars. Every year we do this where we have a conversation on the race, gospel and matters of race. And I can't wait for this year. We switch it up every year, at least I try to, where we talk about something pertinent in society and how that, that, that has a gospel issue. And this year, with the presidential election and then Chicago politics and all of that, we got to figure out how to navigate this. How do we navigate this as believers? So my good friend Justin Gibney from the Ann Campaign, he started that, and it's really exactly that. It's the gospel and politics. It's the gospel and social justice. How do we navigate this? If you've never heard him speak, y'all don't want to miss that Sunday, February 23rd. It's going to be an awesome time in both of our services, and we'll have a panel to follow of some of your own here. Hear me. Like always, the point of this conversation, we're not going to solve the issue. We're not going to solve the issue, and that's not what it is. But I want you to know that this is a gospel issue. This is something that we need to confront as Christians, and we need to talk about this together. Jesus didn't just see issues in society and then stand on the sideline and say somebody else will take care of that. No, Jesus steps in, crosses the line with people that are different than him. The woman at the well in John chapter 4, she's a Samaritan woman. Jews hate them. Jesus steps over the line and chills with her all day long and shares his faith with her. She comes to faith, and then a gospel explosion happens in that town where she's at see he crosses the line with other individuals he doesn't just see the line of division and say I'm not going there so but but here's the reality the church has failed on that for many years 
It's failed on many years, for many years. So, so, so we don't necessarily engage, we just back off. So hear me, as a church, I want us to be proactive, not reactive to what's happening in society. So we're going to dive into this conversation and hopefully shed some light on how we walk through this as Christians. And, and I tell y'all every year, this is, not, this is not a normal service to me. Every year, this has been one of our largest services because people are asking these questions. How do I navigate this? So I want it to continue that way. Invite your friends, invite your family. If you're not already doing that to Sunday, do it for this one. Bring them out. It's going to be a good time as we dive into this and unpack this together. Do not miss February 23rd. So as the band comes forward and we get ready to worship our way out of here and for communion, I want you to remember, family, that nothing in this church happens. This vision doesn't happen. Everything, nothing happens in this church without Jesus moving and working in and through us. So family, I hope today has been encouraging for you. I hope it has challenged you and I hope it pushes you forward into 2020. And we have much to look forward to. Because again, this is just the beginning of what God has already started in here. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. You're an awesome God. Lord, I pray that you be lifted up in this place continually as we go forward as a church. May you have your way in this space. May you have your way in us. Let us see hearts renewed. Let us see lives changed. And lastly, God, as we're released, Lord, I pray that you would use us for your glory and your glory alone. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray all these things. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.